Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Second Take Podcast. I'm Sebastian. I'm Andrew Schosser from Sister Podcast and New World Order. And I'm Zancy Weber from all of the podcasts. Every single one of them. Most of them. And today we have a special guest. Now, I know him as golf, but how do you want like a more fun introduction than that? No, no, I'm happy with golf. Golf's yeah, a good yeah. start. Like that, that's that your name. That is my name. So if you said Barry, I wouldn't talk to you. <laughs> and me. golf's a filmmaker. Uh, situated on the Gold Coast. That, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Beer Nuts Productions is the production company that uh, that I've got on the on the sunny Gold Coast. Wonderful. Oh, well, give everyone a bit of a background. Obviously, most of our listeners probably haven't heard of you or the production company. So give us a bit of a rundown of it and we'll go from there. Absolutely. So yeah, Beer Nuts Productions, we started up in 2006 and we've got 15 films, uh, one feature and 14 short films. We've also got eight little audio comedy sketches, which go for about 20 minutes each, and five books. So we've got a ton of content up on beernutsproductions.com that people can download. But, uh, yeah, mainly we're a film-based production company and mainly those films are comedy. The the one, uh, the feature film we did is the only serious film, which is a documentary about disability and mental health, but all the other stuff is all... Uh, Highly inappropriate comedy, so yeah. <laughs> so you're, gonna, you're covering pretty much every base possible, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, re- it's really good that you, you you focus on comedy, but then you just do the, the disability and mental health one just to throw people off. The <laughs> it's kind of like the gut punch. You lure them in with the comedy, and then here's reality. <laughs> well, 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 that, that, that's it. It's it's uh, if if there's some form of Jesus, then I've got the uh, I can always I've got the uh, documentary I can hang my hat on. <laughs> it's like, see Saint Paul well, I'm not of that Saint Peter, bad. Saint Peter, Saint <laughs> like, Francis. <laughs> Saint Francis is the nice one, right? Well, I could say, but well he was the, he he was kind of nice. I guess. <laughs> he, he he took animals in, but you didn't see what happened behind those closed Shots doors. Fired at Saint Francis of Assisi. Wow! <laughs> I, I, I like that we've gone into bestiality so soon. <laughs> I did that. That's usually it takes about half an hour. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, there's a few more beers on the table. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. So are there any particular projects that you wanted to talk about to share with the audience that you're particularly proud of? Well, well I'm proud of all the projects, well, otherwise they, they wouldn't be up there. But no, they, uh, the, the last film we did is A Day in the Life of a Personal Trainer, which is a mockumentary pretty much taking the piss out of the fitness industry and in particular personal trainers. So it's a, yeah, it's a 25-minute uh, comedy mockumentary that we, uh, we've just released. So obviously, yeah, people can... Get their hands on on that one. So yeah. uh, I did actually catch uh, watching this one myself, and having been someone who has dealt with, I've gone through about six personal trainers in my life, just from moving gym or like, oh, I really don't like this person. I might you know hire their friend instead, sort of thing. Scarily accurate in certain areas. <laughs> um, it was one of those like 
Yeah, I just it was a little bit too close to home for me, especially because <laughs> I'm still currently dealing with two trainers at the same time right now. And it's like whether this trainer, the main character of this um, film, was one of them, she was definitely a good mixture of both of them together. <laughs> well, well you, you might find this. Uh, people often find it hard to believe, but you may not that that's actually the Jackie Cooper, the main character, is based on someone that I I know. You poor poor man. Yeah, no. So uh, at, at the gym that I attend, uh, she actually she doesn't work there anymore, but. Uh, I, this this woman, she teaches like the Les Mills classes, so your body pump and your RPM and all those sort of Pilates, all those sorts of classes. And so I, I, the gym was actually closed for renovation, so I went into a body pump class and she, she kind of scared the bejesus out of me. But for some <laughs> reason, I, I was strangely attracted to her at the same time. <laughs> It was really, she was yelling at me and I'm going, okay, I'll take that from you for some, but I, I don't know why. But yeah, so she was crazy. And so after a couple of months of knowing her, because I kept doing her class because I just liked her style. <laughs> and so after a couple of months of knowing her, I'm like, I need to write your personality down. So I wrote down sort of her as a character. And then I'm like, well, how am I going to put this into a film? And so I thought a day in the life of sort of a mockumentary is going to be the best way yeah. to do that. So that, that's that's exactly what I did. Did you sneak in like an exaggerated form of yourself then into the film with like I really enjoyed this being yelled at thing. There was the, the submissive male towards the end of the film that really got off on it. It was like subtle shades of golf hidden inside the film. No, no, sad, sad, sadly, no, no. He uh, that that young fella. He he thought all of his Christmases had come at once because obviously you've seen the film, so you know what uh, what he got to do. So he, he, when uh, when he he got hired because obviously I did uh, extensive. I did. It was hard to find actually the cast members for this. So. There was uh, reasonably extensive auditions, and uh, when I finally settled on Aaron, who plays that character, I said to him, "Mate, I think I'm going to be getting Christmas cards from you for a few years to come when uh, when you meet the the woman who's playing Jackie." So he's he was very pleased to get that role. Now you wrote as well as directed that. Do you want to go a little bit into your process? Just uh, something that's you know about you. Sure, sure. Well, uh, yeah, like I say, I, I wrote the script and. Uh, then uh, it's pretty much we're a little bit different in the way we make our films because of being uh, we, we produce and distribute ourselves. So pre-production is really, really long. So, uh, well, by really long, I mean about 12 weeks. So because we don't have a huge budget, so I, I pretty much have to organise everything. So we, we get, I get, the first thing I do is casting. So I get the cast, in, the, cast the agents to send me, actors and I do all the castings and then uh, if there's any additional crew that I need I get them involved and then obviously costuming and makeup and all that sort of stuff and then yeah the shoot edit and release uh, bang 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 that's all done pretty much within a week so as, yeah. far, as, as far as the actors are concerned do you have a very definite idea of who you want to see in the role or do you let the auditions no um, no I have a very come? very clear idea the agents hate me right <laughs> so that's not an exaggeration no. so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very, very, very particular and I'm really anal about my scripts as well. So when the actors get employed, it's made very clear to them there's no improv, the script has been written, you're to be word perfect for rehearsals mm. and that's, uh, yeah, I'm really... Because with comedy, I think... See, I'm a massive, massive fan of Sean McAuliffe. I okay. think the man's a genius. Oh, Sean McAuliffe's great. I, yeah. I just love him to bits and so... He's so clever and what makes him so funny is the wording of his jokes and how his jokes are delivered and worded are just so perfect. It's very deliberate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so so I, I sort of take that on board and so, yeah, with my actors, I'm very, very clear on how my lines need to be delivered 
And so I'm, uh, yeah, super anal about that. And that also happens to when, I mean, uh, to find Jackie, who was our, our main, well, Katie played Jackie, but to find the Katie who, who played Jackie, I went through about 30 different actors before wow. I was, I found, yeah, before Katie walked in and she hit it out of the park. But yeah, because it, it's not, as you saw, Sebastian, it's not an easy role to play because it was more than just yelling and screaming at people. There yep. was more to it than that. And so a lot of people weren't getting that. They just thought that they needed to come in and yell and they'd get the part. And that's not really what was required. So, so you mentioned Sean McAuliffe. Is, is, are you highly influenced by like that kind of comedian or are you to like other filmmakers? Like what, what are your influences? Well, I, I'm attracted to awesome writing. So uh, in Australia, Sean McAuliffe 100% loved his sketch show. I mean, obviously there was Full Frontal and then he had his own sketch show, which yeah, was genius. Yeah. And then the, the other stuff he's done, the mad as hell, which he does now, it's all brilliant. Uh, before that, the degeneration, massive nerd for them, just love everything that they did. Uh, internationally, I mean, I know he's controversial, but I love the writing of Woody Allen. I think he's super clever in the way he writes. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, I mean, Pulp Speaking fi- my language. Yeah, Pulp Fiction, I mean, <laughs> a, a great example of, I mean, well, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson talk about foot massages for five minutes <laughs> and usually you'd be bored shitless, but you just go, that's really funny and just the way... And again, I doubt any of that's improv I reckon that is word perfect to the script because it's just so well done. Okay. You know, I've got no idea. I'm only guessing, but <laughs> it's just so well done, you know? So, yeah. But- Sounds like you've had bad experiences with improv and then you swore off it forever. <laughs> you just, I'm never going to let another actor improvise anything ever again. Well, well, it's more the case of when I write a script, I've got that character's voice in my head. So I know precisely how I want every word, like tones and inflections are really yeah. like before I was, uh, my very first job out of high school was working in radio as an audio producer so making the commercials and the promos and stuff. And so you sort of, when, you, when you're editing up a commercial, it needs to be done. Well, you've got to direct the voiceover talent to make sure that, you know, if he's doing a funeral parlor, he's not, oh, hey, Harry's funeral home. You know, he's got to be serious and it's all about funeral. But, you know, so it, that sort of taught me a lot in regards to directing my talent, but also, you know, how important tone and inflection is you know, to, to what people are saying and to make a joke funny. So how much, how much resistance do you get when you're, when you're saying, no, that was, that was wrong, do it this way, you know, more, yeah, so more, some, more of this style? How some, how m- some actors don't like it. and so <laughs> I would think none of them like it. <laughs> I know, some of them are really into Some of them go, oh, okay, great. So, you know, and we can have okay. a chat about it. I'm not like some kind of irrational tyrant. I mean, if they, <laughs> if they come to me and they're like, you know, I don't think this is sounding quite right and they – deliver their line. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's not sounding right. Let's change it a little bit. That's okay. That's cool. But uh, I, I really, because I got some really good advice actually from Rob Sitch from from Working Dog. And he said that when they're writing- you Rob Sitch? Well, I've had some dealings with, yeah. God, that's a, that's a story in itself. Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> he, he said to me, when we're writing a script, any script, he said, we all sit around a table. We even get actors in sometimes and we'll do reads as we write. Because it teaches you, and he's absolutely 100% correct, it, it, it shows you how things are going to work and if it's going to be funny, if it's not going to be funny, if you need, because words are so important with comedy. So if you of need course. to change a that to an and or little things like that yeah. even. So it, it uh, and he's absolutely right. So my computer that I type my scripts on actually talks to me. So I get my scripts read to me as I'm writing them and as I'm editing uh. them, my, my computer will talk to me. So 
I actually have my scripts read to me. So I'm pretty clear with, you know, that that's how I sort of know when I'm writing, if it's going to sort of work or not. So by the time the actors come in, that's why I'm really, really clear on what I want. But though having met some actors in my time, like some of them deserve a tyrant. I <laughs> don't <laughs> oh, no, look like I say, some of them don't like it and we don't get along very well and then they don't work for me. But I mean, in the audition process, I sort of feel them out to know what sort of an actor they're gonna be, whether they're gonna like because well, the first thing I say to them before we go through the script, I say to them, We're gonna read through the script, you be you, I'll be everybody else. No improv. Okay. I tell them that right. And so then if they go off script in the audition when they've been told no improv, in my head I'm going, yeah, this probably won't work out. Blacklist. Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, so, yeah. So my auditions are very different to a normal audition. Like a normal audition, an actor would be given a paragraph, told to memorise that paragraph. They come in, they read the paragraph, and then they bugger off. But it's different with me. They're, they're with me for about half an hour and I make them go through the entire script. Oh, good. So that way I know that they get the jokes, they get the character, they can deliver it how I want them to. If I want to give them direction, I'll interrupt them, but I usually don't with the audition because I want to see yeah, what they do. And then, like I say, I get a I get a to know their personality type as well when they're doing that because I, I'm listening to if they improv, to if they act like a jackass. I mean, I'm listening for all those little things to see if they're going to be somebody that I can work with and that understand my material and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, my audition process is very different as well. So do you do you have the same collection of, of actors that you work with repeatedly or is every show a new a new cast? Or not necessarily a new cast but um, cast independently where you're necessarily reusing them? Yeah, yeah. So you, you are correct. Uh, every show, uh, every film that we do – is independently cast. That said, uh, like I never write something with somebody in mind, but that said, when I'm editing or or when when it's time to cast, I might go, oh, like for example, Amber O'Reilly, who's a really, really talented actor, she's been in about four of our films and it's only simply because there's a character there that suits her. It's not because I've written specifically for her. It's because uh, when I was going through casting, I'm looking through the characters, I'm like, I reckon Amber would do a really good job with that. So I call her up and get her in and she hits it out of the park because she's terrific. And uh, <laughs> and so I hire her. So, yeah, but uh, so yeah, I have worked with some actors a few times, but everything is cast in. Awesome. And so you distribute everything yourself. Absolutely. Um, Everything's straight through the website. Direct- which, is, which is amazing. Do you uh, like go on the festival circuit or anything or is no. it is just through your website? Absolutely. I, I, so I, that, that the website is... Nuts Productions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm reasonably disillusioned and so I uh, – and bitter <laughs> and, and and twisted. So I don't do festivals. I've, I've tried to get stuff and I have gotten stuff into in cinema and, to, and, and festivals and whatnot, but I just I, – I just don't like – I just prefer to do it myself. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so I figure, you know what? I'll just uh, people can go and hit it up and enjoy it. And also, the other good thing about what I do is it's not restrictive at all. So, you know, there's a, a project that I might have done a year ago is still up there to be downloaded. So, for someone that's hitting the website for the very first time, it's brand new to them. So, you know, its shelf life is forever. So people can enjoy a film that I made a year ago and and they can enjoy it as a brand new piece of cinema. So, yeah. Awesome. 
So on that note, do you, uh, being obviously in Australia, do you get any assistance from like Screen Australia or is no. it all self-funded or no, what? No, no, no. Yeah, everything. No. <laughs> Sorry, but no. Oh, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. No, no. Well, I, no, would, I, would, I would dream of it. I'd love it. I'd love money. But uh, but no, I, I've, uh, again, don't have a great uh, deal. Of, I've had some bad experiences with that sort of thing in the past. So, I, again, I just decided, well, I'll just do it myself. So yeah, the the very first film was made with my own money, and then from that, it's uh, the profits of the last film make the next film yep. pretty much. So it's not uh, probably a financial plan. I wouldn't really recommend my business model, <laughs> but it, it it works, you know. So it's uh, yeah, and the good thing is obviously the more projects I can get up there, the more uh, range and choice people have to choose from, and and they can download a whole range of different stuff. So yeah, everything's just. Uh, we're 100% independent, so we produce it ourselves and we distribute it 100 with no third-party interference, which is great because, I mean, well, you saw our, our last film, so there's a few jokes in that particular film that, uh, you know, censors and whatnot might go, yeah, don't think you're allowed to do that. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I can because no one's telling me I can't. So. It's- it means I've got total freedom to do what I want. It is a similar case because we have um, a host of another, one of our other shows, Shane Anderson. He's been on this one before. He's our, another local filmmaker. And he pretty much every time he goes to get some sort of assistance from the government to make his films, it's pretty much, oh, sorry, your film doesn't cover the Australian identity or anything indigenous. It needs to like tick these historical boxes before the government's like, yes, we're behind this. Anything else? Like, oh, no, creative thought. No, 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 no. <laughs> Historical accuracy, please. And it's so very restrictive. But even if you do qualify, even then, because, I mean, I've had projects that have qualified for funding in the past, and even then they find a way not to give you money. So I, I just decided that's when I thought I've had a gut full of this, so I'll just do it myself. You know, and uh, look, I, I was having a chat to one of my actors a little while ago, and uh, I said, look, I think the best way to explain it is that I'm going to play football in this field over here. And if you want to come and play football with me, you're more than welcome. The more the merrier. Want a big football game, we'll all have fun. Mm. But I'm not going over to your paddock and playing football in your paddock because I don't like your paddock. So I'm just going to play football over here and you guys can come and join me if you want to. If you don't, that's totally cool. But if you do, that's cool as well. So (laughs) that's sort of my attitude towards it now. So, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. So you mentioned at the top that you, on the the website, you've got movies and TV and audio and books. Uh, So obviously you're, you're very prolific in media which is your favorite is it is it the movies yeah it's the film so why is that why why film well i know it sounds ridiculous but it it, uh it's more you've got more freedom to do more stuff as in like i find audio restrictive which sounds ridiculous because you could do anything with sound effects and you can make anything happen but for some reason i find it and books are the same i find them really sort of restrictive like i'd really love to do that oh, but it's more of a visual joke, so I can't really do yeah, that joke. Yeah. You know, whereas with film, you can sort of do anything you want to, you know. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing the film for that reason more than the others. But it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy doing the audio, because the audio stuff's fun, because it's sort of like when I was a, because I'm a comedy nerd, when, when I was at school on the bus home from school, I used to listen to Martin Malloy on the radio mm. and all Didn't the other, all? yeah, all the, all, <laughs> all the other kids were listening to like top 40 music and mm. your, your, oh, your Britney Spears and all that sort of stuff. And I'm on the bus listening to two comedians <laughs> do <laughs> fart jokes and phone sex jokes and balloon animal condoms and all this sort of stuff. And, and I'm there giggling my ass off and everyone's like thought I was weird, but that's just what I enjoyed, you know? So 
you know, so I, I do, I, the, the audio stuff's really, because, and so I was sort of inspired by that with the audio side of things. So that's why I do those 20 minute sort of sketches record them down and, and release release those. So, yeah. So are the other stuff, like the books, and uh, is that stuff that you're working on on the sidelines or is that something you have worked on and you just want to leave it available and you're just kind of focusing now or is it just kind of like whatever project is currently obsessing you is Wardwick? Yeah, pretty much. Whatever project <laughs> is is uh, is happening is happening. So I don't plan, oh, well, next I'm going to do A or next I'm going to do B. It's uh, what script's going to work, how much money I've got to make that script. So... I've got a few scripts and so I go through them. Have I got enough money to make that? No. Well, let's see what else I got. Have I got enough money to make this? I do. So I'll do that one. So, yeah, so it's pretty much that sort of the way it sort of rolls. So do you spend much time kind of like reading other people's stuff or is it is it just kind of like really being artists is like your passion project and you've written but you've spent all get them projected. Well, I go like, do, do you like collaborate much with other filmmakers? No, 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 it's all. <laughs> no, no, it is all me. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't be the best collaborator because right. I'm so anal about my thing. Look, so, I, I started my own podcast network so that I could be on all the, I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, well, that, but that, that's the thing. I always find it odd when a writer doesn't direct his own work, I always find that strange because nobody knows those characters better than the dude that invented them. And so I've always found it odd when a writer doesn't direct. I've just always found that strange. So, you know, because I would hate, I mean, I've got a, a, a friend of mine who lives in Melbourne who's, he actually passed away a couple of weeks ago, which is quite sad, but he, he's a quite a well-known scriptwriter and he, uh, he said to me, I said to him once, you know, don't directors just like ruin your work? And he goes, all the time. And I'm like, well, why don't you direct? And he's like, oh, you know, and he had a bunch of excuses, but he just didn't want to basically. But I'm like, well, it just has never made sense to me why you wouldn't want to direct when invented do you, those characters. Do you have that ability to, as, you, as you're writing it or, or reading it back you, yourself, do you see it? play out in your head absolutely 100 yeah, so I'm, so as i'm writing a, a joke i hear that joke in my yeah, and I, I can hear yeah. the actor's voice whether even if it's like a little old lady saying the joke i hear a little old lady's voice in my head as i'm typing that particular joke out so i would think that's pretty rare that is the writer directors have that but very few writers have yeah, that. I, I think it's a it's a very interesting person that has with the the ability to write something and then also the skill set to direct that same thing. It's because sometimes you end up with films like Blade Trinity, which are <laughs> not great, but it's because David Square is like, I'm gonna try it for the first time. Can I please have two hundred million dollars? <laughs> and you're like, Oh so um, like there is a specific talent required for that that unfortunately is not just handed out to every single writer that steps into the directing chair. Well, well, I suppose you do raise a good point. I mean, there's a, a famous story with, cause again, I'm a comedy nerd, so I'm huge into Monty Python. And there's a, there's a wonderful story about Terry Gilliam at the beginning of Holy Grail. And there's a shot of a pirate show. I don't know if you fellas, I'm assuming most of you probably have seen the film. Absolutely. But, yeah, <laughs> Weekly. I, yeah. I, 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 no offense, but just by your appearance, no. I figured perhaps. It's the beards. <laughs> it kind of is. But uh, uh, there's a shot of the pirate ship at the beginning of the film, if you recall. And, and there's like steam and it's, it's a really beautiful shot. 
and the shot took up like 80% of their budget and they said to him, you're not allowed to, because he was going to direct the entire film. And so that's when they said, no, Terry Jones is now going to direct the rest of the film because that shot took up 80% of their budget. So, yeah, and so I can understand yeah. where you're coming from. So, yeah, people, I suppose some can get carried away a little bit is my point. Because oh, you also it, produce it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a monumental task. Well, I was, like, well was going to cater, but then I thought, no, I should probably <laughs> let other people do something. <laughs> so given how picky that you've come, you've explained like your processes with going through actors and sticking to the script, how did you go when doing the actual documentary? Um, I will not go quietly. Is that the right, yeah, the right title? Yeah, yeah. So, How did you go? Well, the documentary is completely different in that I, I did that structurally what I thought the best – how about I start my sentence again? That I, thought, <laughs> I thought the best way to get quotes out of people is going to be to have a conversation more than anything and then you rip out the couple – because working in radio, that's sort of what one thing I sort of picked up. The best way to get – because, I mean, oh, the one thing I hated just beyond anything – is a bloke that runs a furniture shop or a travel agency who thinks they can do their own commercial and they've got like the personality of a turnip and they come in and it takes two hours to record their 30 second ad because they can't do it because they're not a voiceover guy, Mm. you know? It just used to drive me insane. So after a while, I figured the best way to record them down is I'll press record and I'll just have a conversation about, so what deals are you actually wanting to promote here, buddy? Oh, well, we've got a, you know, a trip to Vanuatu or whatever. And I said, okay. And so I just edit it. For, so that's, when very, I, that's very good. Yeah, so when I, when I did the documentary, I thought the best way to do it is I'll have a conversation with – like I've got my stock questions I wanted answered, so I'll ask them a question and then sort of just indulge and have a bit of a conversation around that particular question and then I'll just rip out the quotes that I want and then piece it together like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, that's so, very interesting. So how much of the script was – verbatim, you know, for the documentary take, taken from these conversations. Well, well, none of it was rehearsed because oh, I came, okay, okay. Yeah. Cause I, for the documentary, essentially how I put the documentary together was I used my own personal story as a template. And then I got interviews with 24 different people and I put that around my own story. Right. So I'd make a point, which was all very scripted. I'd make a particular point of this is what happened to me. And then I'd have like a psychologist discuss that, point in some way shape or form and then i'd have a school teacher discuss that point in some way shape or form so i i wouldn't say what my opinion is to them i'd just say for example we discuss disability education right so i'd say to the school teacher you know basically a really vague question like what's your opinion on disability education and she'd say a and then i'd say okay well on your point that you just made can you tell us a bit more about that? And they'd say, okay, sure. And then they'd give me another cool quote that I, in my brain, I'm going, I'll take that sentence. I'll take that (laughs) sentence, disregard that sentence, disregard that. And so, and that was the same with all of them pretty much. And then, yeah, so I'd just rip out the quotes and use what I want. So, so from the conversation, I mean, it's, it's obviously heavily edited down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like out of the 24 people, uh, I don't know, at a guess, I guess I'm using about, six to seven minutes of each person okay. and that's taken out of a 50-minute conversation. It's efficient at least. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of, oh, God, it's so long. All right, um, anything else, guys? Well, in particular? Do you have like a pie-in-the-sky magnum opus idea in your head that like this is what you want to work on? If you get a $20 million grant with no strings attached, 
Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I've got <laughs> – yeah, absolutely. I think we all do. No, I've got a few projects, one in particular – which, uh, yeah, would need, like you say, a, a metric fuck ton of money. But, uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've, got, I've got that script uh, tucked away in my back pocket if ever that <laughs> situation comes, comes, uh, comes around. But, uh, yeah, no, at the moment it's all about uh, – I, I sort of get myself into sort of moods. So I've, I've gone uh, – when people hit up the Beer Nuts Productions website, they'll see there's a TV section and I did seven uh, comedy interviews with fake famous people. Uh, so I've got like a, a famous actress uh, called Anne Handel, who was Liz Cantor actually did that for me, who's oh. on Channel 7. I got um, uh, Robbie Pockets, who's a famous rock star. And so uh, Matthew's brief for that one was, I want you to be uh, Russell Brand. So taking the piss out of Russell Brand, taking the piss out of a rock star. Nice. So that was his basic brief for that particular character. So. I've got uh, seven of them, and now I'm sort of in a mockumentary phase. So I've done four mockumentaries. So the first one was about the the porn industry. The next one was about the so-called war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Then the environment, and this one was the fitness industry. So uh, I think I'm going to go with another mockumentary next. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm in a bit of a mockumentary. I love that sort of style of filmmaking, the mockumentary style. So, yeah, there's that's, why, that's also... Another thing with the website, like you were saying earlier, I like to mix it up and have a little bit of everything. So like the audio stuff is very different to the film stuff and there's other films up there as well. Like we got uh, the advertising meeting, which is like a, a, a big advertise. Well, obviously it's an advertising meeting and uh, people are sitting around a boardroom table and it's just, it starts off all very normal and then just turns into a just a mess where people are just having a go at each other and all secrets are revealed and all sorts of stuff Ooh. is going on. So I just, I like to keep it all very different as well so that people don't get bored with what we're doing. So, yeah. I can't believe we didn't cover this at the very beginning, but when did you get your start in film? Like where did, what was like the first project? Where'd you start from? Did you study it through school or yeah. anything like where? Yeah. 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 So when I finished high school, well, I did do obviously speech and drama and film and TV and English and stuff in high school. But when I finished high school, I was kind of uh, very disillusioned with the education system. So going to university was not what I wanted to do. (laughs) So I had two jobs when I finished high school. My first one, uh, in the daytime, I was doing radio. So as like I said earlier, doing audio production in radio. And at nighttime, I was doing stand-up comedy. So so they taught me different... So comedy is a writing performance-based art. So that taught me that. And then obviously... The uh, the radio was more the editing and the production side of stuff. And I, I was writing scripts and everything in the background and then trying to get them funded, like we said earlier, and I wasn't able to get a lot of love. So I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to do it myself. So I started up Beer Nuts Productions and the first project was the documentary because documentaries are really cheap to make. <laughs> so uh, I did that with my own money and, uh, yeah, it just started from there. So that's sort of how that's sort of how it all came about through essentially like me wanting to do it. And I'm like, well, what's the best way to go about doing this? So I went around the normal channels of trying to get funding and then that wasn't working. So I thought, well, how else can I do this? Because, you know, I want to do it. So how am I going to do it? So the next logical option is, well, I'll do it myself. So I just needed to figure out the best way to do it myself. And so that's what I've done. So, yeah. And just because it's been killing me, why'd you go with the name Beer Nuts Productions? Are you a bit of a huge fan of the product or what? Well, well, I figure people can drink a beer, eat some nuts and enjoy my productions. (laughs) So, yeah. So, no, it's just, just you know, I figure I want to make fun, entertaining products. So I want a fun, entertaining kind of name. So, yeah, just, uh, yeah, Beer Nuts Productions. So that's where, obviously, that's the only place people can get our work as well. So just beernutsproductions.com is 
the only place that uh, people can enjoy our nonsense. Wonderful. Do you guys have any other questions before we wrap up? No, it's been very enlightening. Thank you. Well, I've never been called enlightening, but I'll take it. Thank you. He's not on lightning. (laughs) Just showing how graceful I am with my words. Um, Well, wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us, Goff. So beernutsproductions.com is where everyone can find, well, links to your books. Are they online? Are they to be purchased and sent off? Are they? No, 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 no. People just, it's direct download. So people just download it directly from the website. It couldn't be easier. So So everything's like that. So the TV stuff, the movies themselves, yeah. And the other good thing is we're available for all devices as well. So Android, iPhone, old school PC, laptop, whatever you got, we got it covered with, uh, with our different formats. And obviously... We're all because uh, Amy, my marketing uh, lady, would kill me. I'm also all over social media. So if people jump on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, just type in Beer Nuts Productions and we come up straight away. So yeah, just uh, however you want to get involved, uh, you can. So yeah. And there'll be some links to that stuff in the show notes, everyone, as well. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Goff. No, thank you very much. It's been, been fun. It's been great. See you later. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get yeah. in contact with us, there are a number. You can go to our website, which is secondtakepodcast.com. Or you can email us because we have one of those things. We are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And always we've got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash second take. Sure. Yeah, yeah sure, that yeah. one. Or second take podcast, you, you find it. Yeah. And Twitter at second take TNC. Or we we have an Instagram, funnily enough. Sometimes we post video. No, well, actually, we have no videos. No videos of pictures, yet. though, that are funny. There, there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on their day. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> really. Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Second Take. Um, this is a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. And it's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Uh, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extras for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons. I can't kill them. It's true. We're not allowed to watch any movies unless we're reviewing them. (laughs) And yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to thatsnotkindofproductions.com, which is the mothership for all of of our other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. And maybe just one day there'll be solo podcasts that we do. Solo podcast, there. yeah, where we just talk at ourselves. Yeah, yep. The Good. best kind of Fun. podcast, no interruptions, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none of none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, "That's that's not true. <laughs> that's not how that works." Just because it's you in the room by yourself, Sam, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And go do all the things on social media. Hooray! are attacking. What do we do, guys? No, we, we'll broke for peace. Maybe there's still a chance they'll listen. Fire every missile we have at that godforsaken mothership. And pray to God that it works. No, none of these ideas are going to work. I've got it. What we need to do is tell every citizen to leave their homes naked and just tell them to have sex with toasters in the street. The aliens will be so confused they'll just sort off. If you'd like to see the alternate takes on political issues ranging from big to small, subscribe to a New World Order podcast at www.thatsnotkindofproductions.com forward slash a new world order. We need a new world order.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 